The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret recurring subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com slash bonus and use the promo code MANHOR. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the white feminists, the second wave feminists, and the cisgender feminists. Hey, if your feminism doesn't include trans people, guess what? You're not a feminist. That's how that works. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Uh, this week, everybody, we got a great episode. I've got Hillary on. And if you don't remember Hillary, she was on the Naked Podcast from last year. I think it's episode like 158. And if uh, if you remember, we also had some times together after the recording. I think that episode ends with her going, okay, start jerking off. Well, it, it, it progressed past that. But Hillary came back and she has gone through some things. She's gone through some shit. And this is a real and raw and beautiful episode, I think. I'm really excited to share it with you. There is a lot of talk about depression and suicide. And I do want to remember, uh, remind all my listeners that, you know, if you're ever thinking about harming yourself, please call the Suicide Prevention Hotline or go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. I will have a link to both the uh, phone number and the URL in the show notes. Every time you didn't was a choice. And every time you didn't, when you could have, that was a win. And I'm proud of you. And now I'm going to very, very uh, clunkily transition into show dates people show dates hi oh man that hurt for me too but we just we got to get there we got to force our way into it what's up everyone okay so remember los angeles november 4th we are doing a man whore podcast live show yeah i'm gonna be on stage with three of my exes two of whom you're you might recognize their voices is uh the show is in hollywood there is free parking and you can get your tickets at manwhorepod.com slash tickets. Am I doing any stand-up comedy while I'm on the West Coast? Actually, yes, I am. I've booked like about a half dozen or so gigs. So I'm going to be doing the yuck yucks, doing the jokes while I'm out there. But the only way you're going to know where I am performing ahead of time is if you sign up for my mailing list. Yes, uh, when I touch down in L.A., I'll be sending out an email to all of my L.A. fan whores. Letting you know where I'll be doing jokes. A little bit of an exclusive perk for being on the mailing list. Otherwise, you're just going to have to really, you know, get obsessed with my Twitter and my Instagram. Get on the mailing list. You just go to manwhorepod.com. Now it's time for your emails, everybody. Your emails. Uh, one of my favorite things, probably top five favorite thing I can wake up to is an email from my listeners. Emails from my listeners are awesome. Uh, I otherwise love waking up to money in my inbox, money under my door, um, sex, or uh, or more sex. Those are those are the things I like waking up to uh, other than your email. So emails are the top five for sure. This one comes from Claudia. 
Okay. Claudia is writing to me about the LA meetup because we are doing a fan whore meetup in Los Angeles. I'm going to email my uh, LA fan whores on the mailing list very soon uh, to confirm a date, time, and location. I will probably post about it on my social media, but again, the best way is to email me and tell me that you're down and I'll let you know when we're doing it. So Claudia writes, hey, Billy, I just bought a ticket to your show in LA and I would love to continue the fun and meet you and some other fan whores. I just moved here about a month ago, so I'd be super excited to meet some like-minded, sex-positive people. And who knows, maybe get laid too? I would love to be a part of it. Hey, Claudia, uh, getting laid's great. I would like to get laid while I'm in Los Angeles as well. So what a coincidence. Uh, so, you know, if that is an incentive enough people to come on out to to the fan whore meetup or the live show, you got a, uh, who I looked up, very hot lady uh, <laughs> who's just looking to get laid and meet some friends. So thank you for your email, Claudia. I can't wait to meet you. This next one a little bit longer, comes from Josie L. Subject line, dating BBF. I don't know what BBF is, and I'm almost scared to search. She writes, Thank you for putting out your podcast. I'm still backlogged in last year. Started listening this summer and binging while I work. I love the fun and informative way you talk about life and sex. Now, on to my story and question. I had been dating a guy for 11 years. Since I was 19, but we never moved in together or really saw each other more than twice a week unless vacationing. We had a sub-dom dynamic as well uh, as a somewhat open relationship, but not much communication at all. He is 16 years older and recently went on a thru-hike for five and a half months. Dear God. And while he was away, uh, you know, we talked about moving in and getting a house, but when he returned, nothing changed. And I ended the relationship pretty quickly on him. While in the summer, my best guy friend of 10 years and I hung out a lot. And I was feeling cuddly towards him. Ooh, cuddles, yeah. We ended up hooking up right before my dom came home. And it was so good and sweet. I learned subsequently that he had always had a crush on me, but never made it known. We started basically dating the day after the breakup. And I've never been happier and wanting to be with him more. I never had the normal dating experience, and I'm deeply grateful that I get to talk and be with my best guy friend, too. The question is, am I moving too quick? We have only been able to see each other for a few hours on my off days because he's on turnaround duty. But damn, in those times, it's both hot and sweet. We know each other more than I ever knew, my dom, and I've already said I love yous. I just don't want to get crazy on him, even though anytime I check in, he's right there with me. I do feel like I already had gone through the breakup for six months before just keeping a flame of hope before blowing it out. But I don't want to find out I'm using my friend in any way. We are communicating really well since he knows all the stuff about me. Anyway, there's nothing to hide, but I just thought I would ask a professional man whore. Joe. Well, again, not a professional man whore. Uh, not yet. If any ladies want to hire me, you know, let's talk. Hey. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this is one of those emails where I'm not, I'm really not sure what the problem is. You know, uh, Joe, you and your boyfriend, your older boyfriend and Dom broke up. And while he was away, let me get this right. You hooked up with your best guy friend while still in an open relationship. Kosher. 
Things are still good and hot and fun with the new guy. Great. And you don't appear to be hurting over the ex. Fantastic. So are you moving too fast? Uh, only you know. You know I, I don't think there's like a standard or a metric by which to measure these things. We often worry so much if something is normal or weird. And, and I'm like, eh, yeah, it might be to somebody. It might be weird to someone. Someone thinks being non-monogamous is weird too. Who fucking cares? What's more important is, does it feel too fast for you? You appear to be fine with things. I'm not really sure what you mean by using your friend because, you know, you're also in love with the guy. You said I love you, so you're already crazy for him. It would be considerate of you to wonder if he had feelings for you, but you just wanted to fuck and you're concerned about using his dick. That would be considerate. But this isn't the case. You two are dating. Like, just enjoy it, you know? And don't look for another reason for it to maybe not work out. All right? Life is already going to throw plenty of reasons at you. Uh, Also, uh, Joe included some tasteful, really hot nudes. So thank you for those, honey. You're super hot. Um, Dig your bod. We would love to see some more of you in the peep show. I think I'll speak on behalf of all of us. Okay, last email before we move on uh, comes from what I'm sure is a fake name, Buckshot LaFonk. He's a member of the Fan Whore Fantasy Football League, which I'm currently in first place of. No big deal, everyone. Hi, how you doing? But I just got this email and said, hey, random request. Me and my lady friend are approaching our one year anniversary on October 20th. We both now love the pod. Hey, do you love the pod that you're still listening, or do you skip the intros? Ooh, we're going to find out. If you could do a shout-out, it would be amazing. If you could say the following, I would be forever in your debt. And if not, we'll still be loyal listeners. You're the best. Now, uh, you know, if you're going to be forever in my debt, hey, just go ahead and, you know, become a member on Patreon. We'll call it Square. But to Samantha from Tom, happy one-year anniversary. I never could have imagined after you blew me that night in the purple pub that we'd be in love one year later. Well, isn't that fucking adorable? Uh, If you want to send me your comments, your questions, your boobies, whatever, send it on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. And again, if you want to come hang out with me uh, in Los Angeles, shoot me an email. Let me know that you want details on the fan whore meetup. And I do hope that I will see you at the live show, November 4th, free parking. All right, before we get to Hillary, we're going to do the fan whore appreciation moment. What's up? This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank some of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. These are the people who help keep the podcast plugging along, keeping a roof over my head, and the Wi-Fi strong. Right now, I want to give a big thank you to Logan. Looking good, homie. And don't worry, I got your back, okay? November 6th, I got you. Tim Moore. I, um, I, I'm assuming you're not the famous uh, vaudeville comedian Tim Moore because he's dead. So whoever you are, thank you very much for your support and I respect your membership. And a shout out to Marius P, the slender Canadian who I, I, I think he's got zero body hair and zero body fat. And I'm just, you know, 
Jelly, dude. Good job. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the champagne room, buddy. And you too can become a member and support this podcast for as little as a dollar per month. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, Hillary. I already uh, told you a good chunk of, of what went down earlier in this intro, which seems like ages ago. Am I right? Billy, shut up. Get to the show. Fine. Anyways, I revisit my time with Hillary after our little uh, naked podcast fuck session rendezvous about a year and a half ago. And apparently that was where everything took a downturn. So, you know, take caution before you sleep with me. I really do appreciate uh, Hillary's openness and honesty and and willingness to share what uh, was very clearly a difficult time of her life. But I am also very glad that she has uh, overcome that and found the other side. I hope that gives uh, some of y'all who may be struggling with depression yourselves some hope. Let's go to my conversation with Hillary. This one, I that's know, it's a, so I finally have something to absorb my sweat. Yeah, <laughs> that was the worst part about last time was the beads of sweat just there. So you're gonna want to keep this closer. closer. Yeah, right up on that. Do you disinfect these? Huh? Do you disinfect these ever? Uh, well, no one's like deep throating. No one's like putting no, them in it's their very mouth. Close. Well, yeah, you gotta you gotta pick up the sound. No, it just, the sponge could absorb so much. Would you like to take the con the the mic condom off? No. Okay. Now, now I'm self-conscious, like, oh, am I supposed to disinfect these? I don't know. It just Do Keith seems and the like girl disinfect in, them? You, I don't know. You, you brush your teeth, you know? Like, this is a spitting distance. Aye, that's no. a fair point. I will, I would say then just don't don't have it, like, don't rub your face with it. Don't use it as a beauty blender. Yeah, yeah. If you're starting to feel a little bit sweat, I can get you, like, okay. a towel instead of using okay. the thing. <laughs> yeah, it is always warm. I guess fans, you can't use fans while you record. Yeah. Uh, wait, so the naked episode, you were you you didn't like the sweatiness of aspect of it yeah, all? Yeah, because you're not wearing anything to absorb the sweat, you know. And then it, <laughs> then you it becomes more apparent; it almost starts to itch. You just like are very mindful of this one bead of sweat that you have, and it's just. So, like, can anyone else, like does he see the the bead of sweat going exactly, down my tits right now? Know? Yeah, uh, the naked episodes are actually like a surprisingly popular set of episodes, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't, I never understand why. They're all like, oh, you should do more naked shows. I'm like, you can't see us. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just knowing. And also, you know, maybe it's just because it's not all about you. It's more about the stranger this time than about the uh, stranger's relation to Billy. I mean, that's the thing. I th- well, I, I, I like that it's not about me, but also it's like you can't see that stranger. So it's like, isn't that part of the... I don't understand why they're like, you should do more naked shows. They're like, no, you should just get more girls from Tinder, dude. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> Okay, but it's I'm happy to have Hillary back here on the show. Yeah, welcome back. I am happy to be here. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm not actually. <laughs> I am neutral at most. I will take neutral. Yeah, I'm neutral about being here. I can work with neutral. Yeah, it's been well. It's been a bit of uh, there's been a lot of talks about having you back. Yeah, I yeah. put it off for a long time. Yeah. It's kind of going through some stuff. Going through some stuff. It's not really entertaining or interesting or novel at all. Well, you can like. let everyone else be the judge of that. Well, it's just not. I don't know. I feel like it's all been said before. That's that was what made me like not want to come on or not. Uh, I don't know. I feel like no one would think it was very interesting. Hmm. 
Well, what 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 were you going through? Um, like, I think it was last spring. I kind of reevaluated my life and was thinking, you know, I had been on antidepressants since I was 15. And uh, I was like a completely different person, you know, like living in New York, following my dreams, like feeling pretty happy. And I was like, why don't I try to live without them? And uh, as you can tell, it's really hard to talk about. But uh, I just, so I, you know, weaned off it. It was a hard summer, but I got off them and thought I was doing okay. But uh, before I knew it, I just really wasn't okay. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I was just in this really deep hole. And I, the mistake I made was not having counseling the whole time while I got off my antidepressants. And I was, like, really far gone by the time I was getting help. And, yeah, I was just, you know, this whole year, it's just me being extremely depressed and wanting to kill myself. And it's just not fun. It's not a fun thing to talk about. Well, I'm glad you didn't do that. Hard, I mean, hard to rebook you if you do that. It's very difficult. I know. It's what, that's, oh. that's what kept me going. Yeah, well, thank to God. come back on this podcast. Thank God. You're just like, oh, that thing I fucking did. Yeah. Last year. I was thinking about. Yeah. What now me- I'm sweaty and I have tears on me. I'm yeah, we're... Double moist. Every, every time you come on, there's more different liquids, more yeah. more juices going on. Part When I reached out to you, you, were kind of, you seemed like you were a bit like in the midst of it. You yeah. seemed like you were kind of... Yeah. In there. Definitely like contemplating suicide every day. Um went through a bunch of phases of getting help. You know, I was seeing a counselor once a week and then I did this program where I saw a counselor every day. It was like an outpatient therapy, like what you do if when you're not quite ready to go to the hospital, but like you need to be talking to someone every day. Mm-hmm. And I did it. It's called DBT program, a dialect, dialectical behavioral therapy it has all these four tenets. It's kind of like about mindfulness and a little bit like Buddha, Buddhism and also therapy, and it was helpful, but also my medication while I was in that therapy was working. And I had started having some really bad side effects from it and had to stop taking it. So it's like the medication stopped working, the therapy stopped working, and I, the little bit of progress I had made at, during that time went away. Um, Feels like you got to start back at zero. Yeah, like so much experimenting with medications. I, I tried to go back on the medications that I was on before when I was feeling so great that like I thought I didn't need them anymore and then they don't work anymore. <laughs> it's like I something some flip switched and they don't work anymore. What made you want to get off, like wh- what was that thought process you had to get off the antidepressants in the first place? Uh I feel like I hear other people do it sometimes they're just like I needed them for this point in my life and then Things were better, and I had this cathartic moment. I threw it in the ocean or something, and I just didn't need it. And some people, I think depression is like that for them, where it's a period of their life where things are hard and they need some help. But then there's, I think there's some other people who just, the brain isn't right, or there's something missing. that You know, like the little piece missing that makes you want to, like, just get up and live. I don't really have that, naturally. Mm. Um yeah so a lot of like messing with medications and that is terrible like really hard on the body and on your mind and just like yeah it's a mind like forget the body parts of it it's like it's a mind fuck yeah 
like things would work and then they wouldn't or they were supposed to be working and they weren't and they're trying to convince myself I'm feeling better and I'm not. Um, yeah, and just side effects were really painful. There was the medication that was working was also slowly making me like super lightheaded all the time where I would be on the train afraid of making a scene like collapsing and that's how I felt mm. for a few months and I didn't realize it was that medication because there was also, you know, birth control that I had changed and uh, other medications and um, yeah, just it was really, really hard. And are you, and this is from la- the the most recent spring or the spring before? Spring before that. Okay, so oh, I'm sorry. Before we were ceremoniously interrupted by the buzzer i was going to allude to oh so like after fucking me then all of a sudden things were yeah breaking basically down. that was uh my my rock bottom <laughs> yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah no it actually was because i was feeling good i mean i remember listening to the podcast and liking it and i didn't hate the sound of my own voice and that was kind of one thing where it's like wow i've grown up so much i matured i'm really you know self self-confident and you know working towards my goals and it all kind of that feeling so good uh, and deciding to, to take this action of getting all my medications set me back so far. Like my self-confidence is mm. shot now. Um, I was so unproductive for this past like year and a half. I'm Now that I'm feeling better, I'm super productive, especially like relatively, but even not like I've been creating a lot of stuff and figuring out what I want to do, which I guess is good in the long run that, I, it eventually did push me towards what I want to do, but it wasn't a fun process. Not fun, not easy, long, hard, but worth worth it. To, yeah. Especially when pursuing dreams as a fellow creative, it's you know, it's the only thing we want to do. We don't want to do any of the shit we have to do to get there, yeah. whether it be like jobs or doing shit for free or making bad stuff to be able to make good stuff and. If you're if you're adding mental illness on top of all of it, I mean, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. I think it's hard. I just have, all I've got is like a dumb little eating disorder. Uh, I can't imagine what that's got to be like on your creativity or even dating life. Like, are you dating uh, yeah. during that la- that last year and a half? Like, yeah, that's another weird <laughs> like wrench to throw into it. Is that I actually fell in love like oh. for the first time ever. Love its own mental illness. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and it was a hard thing to process. So it was kind of like. Two springs ago is when I got off the meds, and then last uh, Halloween is when I met him. Mm. And so it's kind of like I had came off and like was falling down pretty low, and kind of felt like I had nothing to live for. And then I met this guy, who I it's not that he like he was my perfect match or anything, but I did fall in love with him. Like I just saw him and immediately, and everything clicked. And I never felt this way. Like I felt high whenever I was with him, whenever I thought about him, but. uh when I wasn't with him, I was pretty low, so I just kind of stuck with, you know, making plans to see him and enjoying our time together, but definitely wasn't productive and wasn't fulfilling myself in any other way other than being with him. Kind of like attaching yourself to him. Yeah. But he wasn't a very motivated person, so it was easy to feel like I had no- nothing pushing me and I was going nowhere. And uh, But I started getting help when I was with him. And as I got better, I started to see, you know, I wasn't supposed to be with him and I wasn't that new relationship energy is like a drug. Yeah. It's like, like if 
our brain chemistry changes when we have something new and shiny like that. And then all you want to do is play with that, that, that new toy or spend all the time with that person. Or in some cases, you know, almost like latch on the sense of self to them. Yeah. It was kind of shitty though. Cause once I got feeling better, I broke up with him like a month after that. No, that's what you got. What's shitty about that? That was the right thing. <laughs> I know, but it just sucks. You know, like I'm finally wanting to go out and do stuff and not with him. And he, you know, when we were together, I'd be like, oh, we never do anything. But it's mostly because of me, mostly because I don't want to leave the house. I just don't want to get out of bed. And now I'm feeling better and doing stuff not with him. It's like, I wish I could have been a better person when we were together like I am now. When did you break up with him? Uh, Like a month ago. Do you do you still think that you were actually in love with him? Or do you think that where you were in life had a part to play in that? Probably a little bit of both. Like, I definitely felt as a way I've never felt before. Like, hmm. it's, it's I'm not the kind of person to even believe in that until now because I didn't think it could happen. Like, being so into someone and feeling just, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but... uh Try to. No. <laughs> It's it's lame. I'm not. It's I'm not a mushy be a person. Little lame. I know. No, we, I'm not mushy. They can't see your haircut, but we know you're not mushy. Oh, but yeah. it's actually really long to. right now. It's almost well compared there. to what it was, you know, a year and a half ago. Yeah. I I remember seeing the first time I saw you on the train because like we were on the same train line, oh, yeah. uh, and I saw you with like the shaved cut. And I was like, yeah. what's going on with Hillary? Yeah, I was like that for about <laughs> like, a year. Yeah, <laughs> that was before I met him, and I was like, I'm gonna try to swear off guys. No one's gonna want to date me if I don't have any hair. And then I met, you know, this guy. Wait, so you wanted to swear off guys by shaving your head, but you identify as straight. So, well, I, oh, swear off just dating. Dating, yeah. Anyone. And it was like, well, the haircut, the shaving will help. Yeah. That ease that It'll process. Make it harder. Yeah. Yeah. For... It's like I defy you to want to fuck me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and if anyone really wanted to fuck me, it means they're like they're good. They're they're deep enough. You know. Uh-huh. Actually, the night I met this guy, uh, we. Or they I, have a cancer fetish, either. That's true. <laughs> um, I was dressed as Jean-Luc Picard from uh, Star Trek okay. for Halloween. Whoever that is, sure. He has a bald head, uh, Patrick Stewart. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know who he is. Yeah, in the Star Trek uniform with the, with the shaved head. I know. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Um, was, was that also something you... Did you do that after you got off the meds? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like my cathartic thing. And that was before I realized that I was on this downward spiral. And I was like, I'm reborn. And now I realize, like, no, I'm falling. I was falling apart. Like, those are two very different movie scenes. There's yeah. the like, you're reborn shaving scene. And then there's the one where Natalie Portman's crying in V for Vendetta. It's like, yeah. no, things are going to get bad. Yeah. It got pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, so the turning point, I guess, was this summer. I had to quit my job and move back to uh, Texas mm. and live with my parents. And uh, go to the hospital. And whose decision was that? Uh, mine, because I really didn't have any other options. Like I really didn't know what to do. I just wanted to kill myself. Like that's it. Like that's all I wanted to do. I know I like I shouldn't, and I have people that care about me. But like I felt that. Why should I put these, the, what these other people want ahead of what what I want? And what I want is to not be in pain anymore. But so uh, I quit my job. He actually, it was cool because he's like, oh, you'll still have your job when you come back, which was nice to not be stressed. Hmm. To think like, if I do make it out of this, like I won't have to be worried when I move back. But And at that point, for you, it's an if. Yeah. Because uh, before I went to the hospital, like 
my parents were like, we'll just, we have a house in Michigan and we're going to go and just, um, like have some family time and have, you know, no real responsibilities, just hang out, do whatever we want, get a massage, you know, to play with dogs. And even in that, like very low stakes, nothing to do, no, no pressure. I still wanted to kill myself. And, you know, I planned to hang myself one night and I, I don't know why I didn't do it, but I didn't. And, but like, so after that time I went to the hospital and it was a very strange experience but they sorted out my meds and now I'm kind of better. I mean, obviously not fully because I can't talk about it without crying, but I think that's a sign of progress. One, just physically being here and then being able to talk about it and then being able to talk about it to like thousands of people. Yeah. Not to like, you know, make oh. any sort of reality of like what you're oh, doing. No, you have that many fans. I never, lo- I never, <laughs> looked- <laughs> I never looked into it. <laughs> But no, <laughs> you can't. Um, that's hilarious. Um, but no, I think that's a that's a that's a sign of strength to be able to share the story and to be able to talk about it at all, let alone to like whomever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, what kept you going? Like, because it, it, it clearly it was something you say you were constantly wanting to do. You didn't do it. Every time you didn't do it, I can say, and I look, I'm. Everyone knows just a comedian with a fuck show. I'm a fucking moron, whatever I say. So what? sorry, I think. But it's like, I feel like, in my opinion, every time you don't kill yourself and you want to, that's a choice you made. Just in the same way when people do go through with that, that was a choice that they made. Like, you made a great choice a shit ton of times, it sounds like. doesn't sound like you just thought about it once or twice. Sounds like it was a lot, right? Yeah. So a lot of times you made a great decision. What kept you going through that or what made you make those choices? I guess wanting to make things like is kind of what I think I'm here to do. I like just creating. I like to paint a lot and that's what I've been doing now that I've been better. Um, Just having ideas and knowing that I have skills that are useful and that might improve someone else's life or affect someone else. Like, I'm not one of those stereotypical artists that like gets depressed and wants to make then makes things out of their depression and anger. I make stuff when I'm happy. Okay. And I, I also don't, you know, I'm not like my paintings are for me. And if someone else happens to like it, then, you know, that's whatever. Like I like to make stuff for other people mm. and just knowing that I have an ability that might be useful and I might be able to like make something and leave something behind when I do eventually die of, you know, old age, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like, I guess that's the only thing. The concept of legacy. Yeah. Or just. We're leaving some sort of print on this fucking rock as it spins around. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I get every time I watch Hamilton or listen through to Hamilton. Uh, I like how I said every time I watch Hamilton, like I go to Hamilton all the time. <laughs> Look at me. Anyways. But the con- I mean, have you listened to Hamilton? No. There's a lot of one of the major themes is legacy and what, how history will see you and what you leave behind. And again, as a, as a person who also makes a thing and wants to do, and not that there's anything wrong with going to an office every day, you make your imprint somewhere else. But with my work, I want to leave an impression. I had a woman at the, at my live show. I think that was the first one. I, I think that was one of the more recent ones I'd asked you to do. It was like the live show I did. A woman came up to my dad and told him that like the show that I saved her marriage or something. 
And that's like a powerful thing to like hear. But but the idea of like what we leave behind. And I think that's a a huge motivator. Especially when we feel like we have the self-worth and ability to leave something behind. I think a lot of people think, oh, I can't leave. What am I going to, who's going to remember me? Like, what do I even do that's worth remembering? And there's some part of you through all of this, no matter where your self-confidence was, there's clearly a part of you that thought, I have something to leave here. And I haven't left it here yet. Yeah. Pretty accurate. I think that's great. Well, especially because I've never wanted kids and mm-hmm. like this. Oh, thanks for not like overpopulating the earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It. Well, also it's like, because I don't want my kid to maybe have depression. I don't want my kid to ever go through that, what I've gone through. That's um, Is that that's something that's played a role in your decision making? Yeah, definitely. Because it's it, all in my family, like my mom's side, my dad's side. Uh, you know, I just, plus Asian babies are really cute. I'd rather have an Asian baby, a black baby. So you would adopt a baby? Yeah, if I'm ever like financially stable sure. enough. But if I'm not, I shouldn't be popping out my own kid. You sure. know, like <laughs> nothing makes it doesn't make it cheaper to you know have someone else's. That's know. the weird thing on dates. Like when people like ask, I assume people ask you on dates, like in the first several dates with someone, right? Like someone goes like, "Oh, do you want kids? Do you ever want to get married? Do you get asked that?" Um, no, but I tend tend to uh, date. I don't know. Guys who wouldn't ask that. Okay. <laughs> Dudes who are afraid to ask it because they're afraid of the answer uh, based off of income. Yeah. I Well, because like I'll get asked like, oh, do you ever want kids? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. I'm focused on trying to figure out how to take care of myself. Oh, I, yeah. I know. I barely feel stable. You yeah. Know? How like, can I support me and a family, let alone, I mean, unless there's a sugar mama involved, then like, hey, yeah. let's talk. Yeah. You know, my semen's for sale. Yeah. Well, we just <laughs> adopted a dog and I feel like that's a financial thing. Like... <laughs> It was baby step. Yeah. But I'm just ready to adopt another dog now. Like, <laughs> don't, not, not kids. Slow down. <laughs> no. Slow down, never. you. I, we said once I get a better paying part time job, because I know I'm part time yeah. at my job and part time painting. And once I get a little more money, we're going to do a second dog. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I meant like, yeah, that's a, that's a better way to go yeah. about it. But so, but that was like an active. De- that was part of your decision making of like not wanting to like birth your own is the depression. Oh yeah, definitely. How long has that been a decision in your head? Um, pretty much since. Well, I decided I didn't want kids once I realized I didn't have to have them. Because when I was younger, I thought like you know women just have babies. That's, That's what your you have purpose. To do. Yeah. yeah. So I thought well, you know like four or five because. I only had one sibling. I thought it'd be cool to have more, have a big old family. But then I'm like, wait, I don't have to. Uh, none, none, please. Just zero. Uh, <laughs> when did you find out that you didn't have to? When did you find out that as a woman you can have your own bodily autonomy? <laughs> maybe like fourteen. Okay. No, maybe like twelve. That's pretty young. I don't know, especially where you grew up. Like that's pretty young. Yeah, and I to, to and then I started that. saying I wanted to adopt kids if I ever wanted them. And, and then I, what were they all like? What are you gay? Like no, like I don't know. They. I'm trying to think of when the depression played into it. Probably, yeah, around because like 15 is when I started getting treated. So that's when I. So you've known you were depressed for a long time. Yeah. And I feel like it might have been longer too. I just was so young that, and like my parents weren't looking for it. You know, you don't look for your kid to be defective. And like I wasn't saying anything, but I feel like there was some times when 
Now, my parents did know I was kind of like sassy. I was kind of like a little brat as a kid, but I, I really think that sometimes... You sassy is hard to imagine. Really? Yeah. I'm always pre- pretty mellow on I mean, here, but... Uh, mellow I, and throwing back lines like you said before about like me not having fans. <laughs> those those fit you. You being sassy, like flipping oh, your hair and snapping well, your fingers. I don't have any hair, so I can't do that. But no, I can be pretty sassy. Uh, but I think some of the times when I was being a brat, I was really just really unhappy mm-hmm. and you know showing it in a different way and not knowing how to vocalize what i was feeling cuz i think it's like it's a very familiar feeling that like i don't ever remember not feeling this way yeah. how you feeling right now we'll ch- we'll check in uh weepy okay. my my eyes are wet uh feel like i'm at therapy because that's what i how i get when i talk in, in therapy does your therapist also make you talk into a microphone <laughs> no and also has does your therapist also like sit there thinking like when is it appropriate to remind her to move the mic closer yeah. when <laughs> <laughs> uh, well my therapist actually broke up with me what yes so they sad can do that? yes it was awful i've heard of the like you're good you don't need to come back because you're doing great but like Hey, I don't think th- this was a. I don't think we're a fit. She said, "It's not you, it's me." So this is. Oh, did she really? <laughs> Basically, That's yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, uh, it was the woman I was seeing um, before I went home to Texas this summer. So basically, the whole time she saw me, you know, since you know last December till June, I was getting just increasingly more depressed mm. and just so like you can't even get any work done in therapy because I'm just all I'm doing is talking about how I want to kill myself and I hate myself and I don't think things are ever going to get better. And then I come back from Texas and I'm so excited to see her and tell her, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend who I've been, you know, I've been kind of thinking about it for a while and I, I'm feeling so much better and I'm finally hopeful and I'm creating stuff again. And then I emailed her and she's like, I don't think it'd be beneficial. Like, or I think it would be a disservice to you to continue seeing me because I don't have the skills you need. You need someone who's more apt to deal with you know, depression, severe, de- severe depression. Isn't depression like the one of the main things they're trained to deal with? Yeah, I don't know. She, I think maybe she's more like marriage counseling and life counseling, uh, not like severe depression counseling. Okay. And like, there's many different therapies for depression, and she doesn't know them very well. So uh, I just started seeing someone, you know, three weeks ago, and I'm not opening up with her very much because I feel so. I know it's like so illogical. It's like just open up. It's her job, and. It's like going Do out it. on that date that you don't want to go out with after a big breakup. We're yeah. like, I guess I'll go out with him. I got to get back into the world. But yeah. uh, you know, you're on the date being like, I don't want to be here. I want to be back with James. I know. <laughs> like, I could talk about this right now, but you wouldn't understand what I'm saying. You don't have the context. You don't <laughs> remember all these other things. So We don't have those inside jokes. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah. So I get to see her tomorrow. Okay. How how do you feel about how how did um how did you end up doing the breakup with the boyfriend or the ex? Oh, extra shitty! I did it over the phone while I was in Texas. You know what? Phone's not a bad breakup in 2018. Yeah, but I was coming back to New York in a week, and I couldn't wait a week to do it. Texting is the new phone breakup. Okay, and phone phone is phone is now the new like look how, how. how are we going to make this happen? Schedules. Come on. You don't want to delay a breakup for two weeks just because you can't make plans. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I think phones are an acceptable breakup format. I think uh, email is harsh. 
Mm-hmm. Because emo means like someone sat down and so didn't want to be with you that they were going to do homework. They yeah. were going to type up a paper. <laughs> a text is like, not. I still think is not fun when it's like a serious relationship. And you were with this guy for like, what, like six months or so? Ten months. Ten months, yeah. yeah. So how do you, how do you take it? Um, he was pretty hurt. He was mad because he said, you know, the the pills changed me. And I didn't like that because I also had people tell me when I went off my pills that that changed me. I was well, we know that person. changed you. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, it changed me a lot. Um, See, that's just selfish though, because you know if if you're getting better with the pills, and one, the pills may or may not have had to do with the breaking up, right? Like, yeah, there was it was more like ideological differences that I just couldn't live with. And like, well, you're a Trekkie, he's a Star Wars guy. What kind no, of about Trekkies? <laughs> but. uh <laughs> Just little little things and like the fact he's not motivated. Like I want to be with someone who's driven. because doing things. Yeah. And has some sort of passion and like he was just older and kind of apathetic and, you know, didn't care so much about his health. And I was like, why would I want to be with you? Like I barely want to live and like you're not, I don't know. Yeah, you're not helping that dude. Yeah, you're not. Um, you're not showing me what life has to offer. You're showing me like, you know, what life, ha- what happens in life when you settle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... So he didn't like it. He was yeah, a little was, bit of a selfish D-bag, it sounds like. No, he made a lot of good points when I came up with reasons, like the things we had different, like, or differences we had. And he was, he, he wasn't that bad. It was hard to kind of understand him because he's, uh, English isn't his native language. And so then he got, was getting emotional, obviously. So he's kind of like 70% of the conversation <laughs> I couldn't understand. <laughs> um and that's what made me feel bad is that I missed some stuff and I would have been better in person. But like, I really didn't want to wait a week and then have my whole, cause I wasn't moving back here permanently yet. I was just visiting and I didn't mm-hmm. want to waste that whole trip, you know, being, being sad. Yeah. 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 You want to be sad where you had a nice support network. Yeah. And my dog and my other mm-hmm. dog. I just think it's shitty to say like the pills change you and try to like blame the breakup on pills because like you need those. Yeah. Obviously. And he, if he actually cares about you, He's got to recognize, like, hey, that she needs that, so I can't even bring that up. Yeah. That's just a no-fly zone, in my opinion. Yeah, because I mean, he saw me when they weren't working, when I wasn't on them, and then when they weren't working, like, I didn't want to do anything. I didn't yeah. had no drive, but like, I mean, he what kind of enjoyed the- that because I just want to sit around with him. But like, yeah, he's like, cool. Like, was he a weed smoker? Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. Like, I can get stoned, just lay around, and she'll be depressed and lay da- lay around. We can just lay around together. Yeah. What What was like a day like for you in like? the the deeper parts of your depression a whole lot of nothing like i would like if we had if like I a, a camera work, following you if i didn't have work i would be in bed most of the day um i mean i would sleep all day well that's another thing is i might have narcolepsy and that's a whole other thing um but did you really, tell me that last time no no i might have said i like to sleep a lot but that's before okay. i went to a sleep specialist okay, okay. but uh yeah i would eat Food. That's the one thing. Like it could, depression didn't affect my appetite at all. Like I would still eat so much. It's like, You're oh, like, I want, <laughs> I want to die, but I'm gonna give this life sustaining food <laughs> in my mouth. You know, like uh, I wasn't drinking too much. Yeah, I would just be in bed all day, okay. doing nothing. I might watch some Netflix, but I guess there was even a point where like I didn't want to watch Netflix, and I, like I had to like 
I did, I had a therapist tell me to play soothing music so I would just be crying so much and I like had to calm myself down and then I would try to play like classical music and it's also cheesy and it's like I've seen this on a Toyota commercial and this isn't calming me down now I'm thinking about capitalism I'm getting <laughs> sadder um so I think I, I listened to like synth wave music or something that was like to calm myself down and to try to like just go to sleep so that I could stop crying mm-hmm. the, the worst thing was when i would like cry in my sleep that was like i couldn't stop crying so like while i was asleep and then when i had to go to work that was terrible um just getting out of the house would take a long i was late a lot just because can't couldn't stop crying to go to work finally sucked it up and uh just distract myself but when I I was kind of working in customer service, and when you have to you know look at someone in the you face, you were working customer service in the deepest throes of depression <laughs> in a store. Yeah, so like oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> and I could put on the put on the fake face for people, but it was exhausting. And like even you only, only like halfway done, like kind of half smile, like you can definitely see there's something going on underneath. But I'm trying, and uh, but then someone would come into the store who like. I knew, like, who was a friend of the store, so I wouldn't put on the face. I'd just be like, hey, what's up? And they would give me shit for it and be like, what's, you know, geez, smiled. Why don't you? And I, like, this one guy, I was like, he told me to smile. And I was like, I can't. I'm severely depressed right now. And he he told me to go running, and I wanted to kick him in the nuts. Like, (laughs) I wish I could run. I want to go to the gym. Like, my body is shit, and that makes me feel worse. Like, I can't. Like... It's like uh, for you to for what I am in my whatever it's called because I am not diagnosed anything, so I'm not gonna call myself depressed. But I mean, maybe. Um, but I get paralyzed feelings uh, sometimes of indecision and just sometimes of just like I just can't really move. Yeah, I'm like too sad to move. Yeah, like I couldn't. Like when I got out of bed, I couldn't. This leaving the house was hard. Like how could I put on clothes and go to the gym and like move like getting up the subway stairs was hard. And like before, I mean, I'm asking mostly before you met the, the ex-boyfriend, but like what was dating like during that period? Did you date? Did you fuck her? I know you fucked my roommate. Uh, <laughs> I didn't fuck your roommate. You didn't fuck my roommate. Which one? Didn't you, didn't you go I out with friends like friends with, I, I, okay. I matched with them both on Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met one in in the real world and then later realized we had been talking on Tinder. And then the other one, we went out on a date, but like the whole time we kind of realized like we're bros and we never had sex. Was that the bigger one? Yes. Yeah, he's a big bro. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't realize y'all didn't bang. No, we didn't bang. Okay. <laughs> we sat under a blanket together what? and watched TV, but uh, no, no canoodling. Was that weird to go on a date with the roommate of a guy you had fucked? No. No. Just something to talk about. So did I did I come up allow Billy to be a narcissist for a little bit? <laughs> did I come up in the conversation? Yeah, we would laugh about it sometimes. Okay. That's a good source of comedy. So you you have made people laugh unintentionally. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean unintentionally? What are we what are we laughing about me with? <laughs> like, hey, remember that time you fucked Billy? Yeah. It was terrible. <laughs> what? I don't know. I mean, I did never come back for seconds. There was texting involved of maybe, and not for nothing, I also didn't really pull in for seconds either. Okay. Going to get a little defensive okay. here. 
I mean, it's not like the commute was too far. How little did we want to fuck each other again that a block away? It's too far. It was like, eh, it's right there. And that was before I was depressed. Just, you know, turn the knife in a little bit more. (laughs) Well, I think what, I think, I mean, we had, uh, we only, we fucked after the recording or did you come back a a different time? No, after the recording. uh, Okay. Yeah. And it's like, how did you feel after that? I mean, took a good hard look at my life. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) I said, you know, we were saying rock bomb before, like it was funny. Uh, Now Uh, it's feeling real. I was like, why did I do that? Because not to be mean, but I'm not like, I don't feel like magic or sexual energy between us, really. Oh, ditto. (laughs) Um, The only time I felt the sexual magic was when like you, we were sitting naked talking about sex and then you like told me to start jerking off. Yeah. That was hot for me. But I feel like moving it into like, let's fuck almost made it less fun than like you telling me to jerk off and like watching me. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Like, well, that I enjoy was... being a Don. That's fine. Oh, do you now? But also, I love being a sub. I like both sides of it. Sure, sure. But, uh... but the concept of, like, telling me to do something and then watching me do it was like a... Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was empowering. But I think mostly I did it because I was just naked. I was there. I like... <laughs> naked and there. I, I like sex. And it's just like, why not? Like... I can either do this before I put my clothes on or I can just put my clothes on. It's like, oh, I might as well do this thing. It could be fun. Could be fun. It was fun. We that's, did it twice. That's going to, that's going to, did we? Yeah. I must have been having a lot of fun. Yeah. See? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my new Bumble bio. Uh, could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Say, maybe, says maybe woman. Maybe better from, than not doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Give it a try. You never know. Like the, like the lottery guy who's like, hey, you never know. You might win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but like, but then there was still no reconnection, and like, again, I think it was a, uh, it, just, it, it's odd for me because I usually don't fuck people until I felt the spark. Like I usually don't do the like, oh, it could be fun. I usually like to do, oh, let's have a fool around time, mm-hmm. and then if like after we fooled around, that was great. Next time, let's bang. Yeah, and have some tension building up and some longing. Yeah, some longing, some tension, but also like I've gone to like test around like, okay. are we into each other? Do we know how to make each other feel good? Um, I usually don't just like, oh, let's go barrel in and, and do the sex thing. So like that day was a little out of character for me other yeah. than that it was kind of part of almost like a scene of we did this podcast. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the scene for me yeah uh, it's probably more me then because i just kind of i barrel into it i'm just like let's do it go straight straight to business i don't want to waste any time i mean i'll do foreplay and stuff but not always uh (laughs) because normally when guys try to uh eat me out and stuff uh, it just doesn't do it for me i remember i didn't go down on you yeah did you just ask me to fuck was that how that went down i didn't i don't think words were used well i think words were definitely used to go from like me jerking off in front of you to fucking because yeah. otherwise I would have just happily been like this center of attention showman oh, like no. Hugh Jackman but with jerking it yeah I wouldn't let that happen <laughs> I would have gotten bored yeah yeah <laughs> being a dom doesn't get me off that much where I would like the whole time be like yes he's doing this because I'm telling him to I'd be like I need to like, get in on this yeah someone get it in me yeah yeah okay interesting how'd you how'd you feel when you left that uh left my place neutral 
neutral. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really phase me. You were very neutral I was neutral like, hey, gal. I did that. I was more happy that I like was entertaining or felt like I was talked enough and wasn't a complete bore for that, for the recording. The Definitely sex not part didn't really like, didn't phase me. Now, do you, but do you treat, see, I have, I hold this weird, arbitrary, like lofty concept, like idea of like penis and vagina sex for myself where I don't like to fuck everybody. I'll go down on most people. Mm -hmm. It's just a fun, polite thing to do. Yeah. Oh, did you make me dinner? Or you let me crash on your couch? Can I eat your pussy? Like to say thank you? Yeah. Because I don't have any money. I can't go buy you a bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, but I don't fuck everybody. And, um, so I normally wouldn't want to like, I wouldn't want to leave a, a, a sex time feeling neutral. Hmm. But for you, does it, is, do you not really care much about who, like, do you not hold, I guess, an importance to fucking someone? I do now that I've been with my ex and had, I have higher standards now. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, don't worry. Everyone's laughing with you. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's just, I actually am more likely to have sex than to suck a guy's dick. Just that's, you know, I don't know. It's, does, did you really deserve that? Like when I, when I have sex, at least I'm getting something out, out of it. I'm usually getting off, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's so much work and I don't know if the guy's worth it yet. Well, so uh, are you back in the dating world now? Yeah. Not sucking dudes and well, making them work for it? Yeah. <laughs> I've been sucking some dudes. They've been worth it. Oh, you uh, sucked a few dudes. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been pretty lucky. I mean, with the dates I've been on, they've all been pretty good guys and we've gotten along. I went on one day, there was like no chemistry. Hmm. was not attracted to them, but I, I luckily like cut it off after an hour. I was like, bye, see ya. Because there's been times before where I, I like felt so bad that I let it go on for four hours and then he Aye. thinks it went really great because we talked for so long, but I just didn't have the heart. And also, you're like, now I wasted time. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But uh, no, it's been good. Cool. Watched three episodes of House of Cards, but I uh, stayed yeah. three extra hours with you. Three episodes of Star Trek Next Generation. Aye, barf. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, do you bring up the depression in within the dating sphere now? Well, so that's in... Sometimes. It really depends on the feeling I get from the guy. So there was one time before I broke up with my boyfriend where I cheated on him. Okay. And it was with this guy. I mean, obviously, I didn't plan it, and it was just kissing, not a, you know, penetrative cheating. Okay. Um, and it was mostly emotional cheating because, like, I was visiting the town I went to college in and was with my college friends, but I'd, I always run off on my own when I get drunk okay. and went to my one of my favorite dive bars and just talked to the guy next to me. And I started telling him, you know, I'm about to start this big therapy. I've been terribly depressed. So I didn't care because he's a stranger. And uh, he actually had a really uh, relevant point of view on it because his dad had killed himself three years ago. And so... Always a panty dropper. Yeah. Great line. Yeah. I'm like, wow. It's gotten my eyes so wet. Yeah. Um, the bathroom is yeah. quite large, sir. <laughs> you want to take your orphan self over and fuck yeah, me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... I just like felt really connected to this guy because my ex didn't understand my depression. Mm. And uh, this guy did. And he actually said to me, you know, I'm not happy. My dad killed himself, but I'm happy. He's not in pain anymore. And like, I had never, no one had ever said that to me. And like, it really, I don't, didn't make me feel good, but like, it felt like someone understood. So like, I kissed him and we spent the whole night talking and kissing. And like, I told my ex and that's, that was kind of like when our relationship was over but we hadn't break it, broken up yet. Sure, sure, but, sure. Because um, then you were about to go on to the, you know, the retreat or to yeah, the, yeah, the go back to Texas. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but since then, I've been back. Like I, I met one guy just at a bar, and 
again, it was a stranger, and I told him, and he's like, acted like he understood, but he's like, I wouldn't tell people about that right away. That's kind of, um, he's like, I, that's something I would do when I was younger, but now that I'm older, I would never do that. Don't, you shouldn't be so open with people you just met. And I'm like, yeah, I just met you, and I really don't care what you think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then tell so, me you walked out after that. No, I, I let him hang around. He was buying me drinks. So we didn't go on like an actual date. We were going to. But he just came on too strong for me. See, it's like, why would you give dating advice to someone you're on a date with, like on a first date with, if you want to see them again? Because well, we it's like. We were even on a date. We had just like, I would be hanging uh, out at a bar waiting for a friend and talking to this guy. Gotcha. And it turned into like an impromptu date because like. You never have that happen. You just meet someone. Oh, you start talking. You yeah. feel the chemistry. And you're like, oh, we should do this like in a longer format. Yeah. 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 Um, then the next guy I went on a date with after that, I told him and he totally understood and had had anxiety problems and had been in a hospital before. And I was glad I told him. Uh, and then there's a few guys I haven't told yet or I've like hinted at. but And I've, I've told them like I went home to Texas for over the summer and didn't say why. Yeah. <laughs> if they – well, no, I, I've been saying – It's like, what would you do this summer? Yeah. I went home. Yeah, I went to Texas. It's not a lie. Yeah. Well, no. I. It's true. If I don't trust them yet, I just tell them I got LASIK surgery, which I did. Oh. I don't have glasses anymore. Congrats. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> I don't want, you know, like I can cry without my contacts falling out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so. But do you feel like, do you feel obligated to tell a dude? I mean, I know you're like fresh back in the dating scene, but is yeah. that, like, what is your thoughts on like how your depression will play into your your dating life or your sex life yeah i mean if it's someone that i want to see like an extended amount of time like not just yeah it's an important part of who i am so i'm going to mention it but uh it's not something i'm gonna rush into saying especially Mm -hmm. when it's like we're just getting to know each other and it's still kind of formal you know i don't want to scare them away too fast but like I'm eventually going to tell them because it's important. Or if if it doesn't work out, then I, it doesn't matter. They didn't need to know. Or if it's someone I know, I'm just like fucking, Yeah. you know, what's the point in bringing this bummer into the room when yeah. we're just having fun? Okay. Uh, and are you also like having casual sex? Are you trying to date date? Like what's... I mean, I'm definitely not trying to date to be in a relationship. Um, yeah? There's, I mean, I don't know. I have a couple things up in the air with a couple guys and it's like, sure. I don't, I don't know what which which are gonna go which way and the other way i'm not really sure but i'm not really overthinking it because i'm too busy with my own stuff and i just don't i'm trying to treat them all with respect uh but so for now like fun but not trying to get into another relationship yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and just definitely not get tied down because i was just with someone i want to i missed being with other people like i'm really enjoying being with multiple people Mm -hmm. Uh, okay Okay. Well, I'm glad you're back out there. I'm glad you're not letting this keep you down yeah. and keep you inside and keep you not getting pounded however you decide to. Gotta get pounded. <laughs> she looked down at the ground and just was like, yeah, dude, sometimes she's like, well, you gotta get pounded. You gotta get pounded. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's true. That's great. That's great. Well, um, I mean, that seems like a more natural place to end, but obviously I can make this all about me. Yeah. But I feel like we covered the naked show. I don't know. Any other any other comments or thoughts about doing that before we depart? No, I'm good. Yeah. Nice and neutral. <laughs> I'm glad you felt so neutral. <laughs> but uh, thank you for, you know, sharing with us and thanks for coming back. And, um, you know, thanks for still being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. 
for me. Thanks for fucking still being above ground for me. That dude you fucked a year and a half ago, and it was neutral. No, um, but Hillary, thanks again. And why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye. And, uh, you know, you, Hillary was talking about how she's an artist, right? You would, uh, if you're interested in some of her art, you want to check out what she's making. Maybe you want to buy something or commission her. She's given me permission to say that you can go to HillaryFaber.com. For searching reasons, I can't put it in the show notes. Um, but it is H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-F-A-B-E-R.com. She would love for you to go check out her work and, uh, you know, maybe buy something cute. She's got, you know, really nice uh, dog paintings. She's got this really cool painting of a dog I'm, I'm really into. Anybody want to buy it for me? I'd, I'd love that. Um, yeah, go check that out. The time is almost upon us, everybody. Los Angeles. Get your tickets for the Man Who Podcast live in L.A. show in Hollywood Right now, you got to go to manwhorepod.com slash tickets. Go get that today, and don't forget, free parking. One day, someone's going to explain why that's so insanely important to say. Did you know we got merch? Yes, I got Manwhore merch. Uh, I actually ran out of Stay Slutty buttons, so I just got a new order of them in. I got the Stay Slutty buttons. I've got the Statue of Sexual Liberty buttons. We got the Saving Pegging for Marriage t-shirts. We got Stay Slutty Panties. All this available and more at gumroad.com slash Podcast. You'll see a link in the show notes. Don't want some merch but still want to support the show? Want to connect with your fellow fan whores in exclusive sex-positive discussion groups or gain access to bonus episodes? Head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Become a member today for as little as $1. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. Um, I want to thank Hillary again for, for sharing, for being so open, for being so honest, for being so vulnerable. And again, if any of you are considering harming yourself, Please go visit uh, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Send me your struggles or send me your comments. Send me your questions. Hey, you can always send me your booby pictures to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Next week, we're bringing back hashtag Rosa is hot. Rosa S. Candone is coming back, everybody. You wanted her. You got her. Tune in next week for Rosa. And until then, stay slutty.